Use the shields. Uh, today, my guest is uh, Lou Blaustein uh, of greensportsblog.com. You can check him out there. Um, he's a sustainability-focused um, uh, expert in sales, marketing, uh, communications, and, uh, and just a really great guy. And he focuses on sports. So that's of interest to a lot of us out there. So welcome, Lou. Uh, thank you, Mark. It's great to be with you. Well, it's fantastic to be to be talking with you, uh, Luke, because quite frankly, there are more sports fans than there are sustainability fans, and we got to convert them. Uh, people are intensely interested in sports, and uh, I think that that's a way into getting people to think about sustainability issues, and you seem to be the guy. So before we start, we got to put our cards on the table. What are your sports and who are your teams? Well, my sports are uh, American football, uh, football non-American, i.e. soccer, basketball, and baseball. And my teams are, unfortunately, the New York Jets, although they have a quarterback now, um, and Tottenham Hotspur, which can also be considered unfortunate because they never win a title, and the New York Knicks, so you're getting a, a thread there. They never win. But then in baseball, I was fortunate enough to choose the Yankees when I was uh, when I was seven. Even though at that point, not to date myself, but they were horrible then. <laughs> it's not like they, I was choosing a winner, but I've had uh, the best success with the Yankees. Well, that's fantastic. Myself, I am drinking out of an Arsenal uh, coffee cup right now, and oh, I'm a- you have my uh, condolences. <laughs> Well, uh, you know, I'm not going to compare them to Tottenham, but um, and uh, and in terms of uh, my real sport is is ice hockey, and I'm a Toronto Maple Leafs fan, so I've suffered for many many years without a. I think we're 51 years now without a championship, but I think that's going to change in the next little while. Anyways, uh, it's wonderful to hear about your sports uh, affiliations, and I and I love, and I think we'll talk about this as we go through the interview. Uh, one of the wonderful things about sports is well i find anyways two things one is um you know people pick their teams and then they they become fairly you know loyal to them no matter the ups and downs as you as you noted and the other thing is i think that if you looked at a football stadium or a hockey rink or whatever you would find people from all political persuasions rooting for the same team so i think that there's sort of a a transcendent opportunity there for sustainability but let's talk about that um in a bit I wanted to start by asking you, uh, Lou, well, anyways, when I was thinking about sports and sustainability, I kind of thought about stadiums, arenas, golf courses, racetracks, you know, that that sort of stuff. But I imagine the parameters of sustainability and sports are different. And how do you define it? Where's your working ground? Well, so that's a really a good launch, launch point. Um, what you just described the greening of the venues of sports, i.e. stadiums and arenas uh, most notably, um, is, is really where the green sports movement began. And that's logical. Uh, and that's going back to 2004. Uh, where, and it really got kickstarted in earnest in 2010 with the law, or 2011 with the launch of the Green Sports Alliance, a trade group that was formed in the Pacific Northwest amongst the pro teams up there to figure out how to recycle more, be more efficient, um, 
use less energy, et cetera. And that is where this thing got started. So that's what I call Green Sports 1.0. But to me, the holy grail, Green Sports 2.0, is getting fans engaged and to change fan behavior because, like you said, a ton of people care about sports, only a little or a few care about the environment, climate change, and can we, through sports, get more to care about environment? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I that's, read a, a, that's really it. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I read a, a small article in the New York Times that was published a couple of years ago, and it said just a sliver of the nation's energy and uh, waste are produced uh, as a result of stadiums, arenas, golf courses, and that sort of stuff, and events. Um, and so you would expect that there's far more in sustainability in sports. And you're saying, I guess, um, getting to the fans is, is the, next, the next step. That, right. That's what, I call, that's what I call green sports 2.0. Right, right. And that's really the holy grail. Um, and and be, it made sense to, to start at the greening of the games because that's where the events happen. But the New York Times article is right. I mean, the, the sports industry in terms of total carbon emissions is small, but it punches way above its weight in impact. And so it's really getting that impact. And, and, and sports is where social change happens, even if sports isn't really trying to make it happen. You know, look at uh, breaking the color barrier in baseball in 1947 with Jackie Robinson. That was, you know, nine, ten years before Rosa Parks rode the bus. <clears throat> Excuse me, and another seven years before the Civil Rights Act. So <clears throat> sports was leading, even though it wasn't like, yes, we want to be civil rights activists. No, but it, it you know, uh, sure, uh, O'Malley. Um, I'm sorry, cut that. Uh, but Branch Rickey saw that you know there would be benefits to having black players, um, and so climate is the same way. Environment is the same way. Well, not to get let's not get into the politics of all this, but I wouldn't mind reflecting for half a second. Uh, one thing I don't really understand is and this applies to all sports i mean you could look at it, it racism in soccer and and all sorts of you know anti-immigration stuff in in american football or whatever how do how do sports people how do sports fans square their love and adoration of you know uh, latinos and and black people uh, yet at the same time you know go to the voting uh, box and and basically you know, vote against their interests? Um, that is beyond my area of expertise. So I don't know that I could, that I could um, offer any insight into that. It's other than to say, yeah, that doesn't make any sense to me. But um, getting back to the environment, I only use the Jackie Robinson uh, example as an, an example to, to, to show that sports the platform of sports is where social change can happen. So if you think about trying to change environmental attitude, attitudes on the environment, environmental action, environmental behavior, if sports can be a platform for that, you're reaching a hell of a lot of people. Well, think I, about yeah. at the 
2016 Rio Olympics opening ceremonies, there was a seven or eight minute vignette about climate change. That, the opening ceremonies were watched by an estimated one billion people on, uh, worldwide. And now there's no data to show that one billion were watching that segment, but a good chunk of the billion were. And whatever that chunk is, that made it the biggest segment uh, audience for any climate change messaging ever in the history of the world. And that's because sports is the platform. Sure. That's really, that's really the, the opportunity. Yeah, and the irony there, of course, is their new president. But we won't get into politics. Now, will we? Yeah, I just wanted to take a quick break here uh, to mention a really good group that I found that does some work in sports. It's called the International Sports Alliance, uh, which invests in youth empowerment through sports. It supports young people from around the world in disadvantaged backgrounds to become agents of change. They do this via sports. Uh, they get confidence, life skills, knowledge to create a better future for themselves, their family, and their community. Uh, a really good group. They work in the Netherlands, Egypt, South Sudan, uh, Indonesia, and Suriname, amongst other countries. Those are not easy places to live, and sports is fantastic for these kids, these young people, uh, to do great things. Anyways, check them out at um, isa-youth.org. That's a great organization, International Sports Alliance. And I'll just mention, this is an unpaid announcement. Um, another thing that's of, of interest to me, and, and, and I hope you have some um, thoughts along these lines, is, you know, a lot of people, uh, especially in sustainability circles, and, and maybe less those who are more interested in the environmental side of sustainability, but they're looking at these athletes and they're going, my God, you know, these guys make billions of dollars, I mean, amongst them. Uh, and how do you square that with sustainability that these these athletes are making so much money uh, when the average Joe the average Joe can't even afford to go to their a lot of their games um, again on uh, it's specific to the environment I can't but I mean looking at athletes especially at the high level who are making a lot of money um, making uh, you know, one percent top one percent of one percent type of money um you know they're still at the end of the day athletes and what are they trying to do they're trying to you know their careers are short um they are trying to make the best of a very short career and some of them are blessed and also have the ability to to be at this uber level that said what you have um not all just like any population, you have some athletes who don't give a darn about anything. Right. <laughs> and then you have, you have plenty who are doing a lot of good things and a lot of different pun intended arenas. Um, the problem from my point of view has been that uh, environment and climate has not been one that has been at the top of most athletes concerns, but this is not surprising. Um, you know, it, it one, it's uh, climate is 
complex and it involves science, uh, which takes time to understand. And these guys and women are focused on their sport mm -hmm. as they should be. Yeah. Number two, as you mentioned a couple of times, it is in the realm of politics and some choose not to be in politics. Yeah. Although more and more, are and i think that's a good thing yeah i agree, with, also, you. I agree with you and i also think we don't have to shy away from politics i think that's a false choice um but so i am not i am not at all down on athletes i think to the extent that i know them and to the extent that i've talked to them none at the at the lebron james level but you know pros at the top right. of their sport they're uh, there are some amazing people doing some amazing things. And there are more eco-athletes coming around You're right. every, every day. So, well, but right now, it's a very small population. Well, it, it's interesting you mentioned LeBron James, because I looked him up before we, uh, this morning, actually, and a couple of other times. And I, and I, and I, and I found that, uh, you know, the guy has uh, a certainty about him that allows him to do things like with his public school initiative uh, for kids at risk in Cleveland. Uh, wow, that's a fantastic thing that he's done. And you can find tons of examples. Most, most sports uh, celebrities do these kinds of things, yeah? Uh, do some charity or another. I really like what LeBron was doing. And I was, I was wondering, are there any close equivalents in, 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 in the environment or climate? Oh, yes. Um, but just no one... There are equivalents in terms of people doing great things. What we don't have is a LeBron James, a Lionel Messi, uh, mm. you know, um, Tom Brady, um, who at that, you know, the, 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 the top, top, top athletes who've made climate their thing. Mm. We do have, however, uh, I will share some of the stories of people who are not at that Q rating level. Um, where you see a lot of it is in the winter sports, in particular, the snow sports. Um, there's, in fact, a, uh, a group in the U.S. called uh, Protect Our Winters, which is uh, a group that is of, of elite winter sports athletes, including Olympic medalists in, in uh, alpine events, Nordic skiing, snowboarding, uh, etc., who go out and talk about climate change in public. They also very importantly, lobby members of Congress and also governors and state legislature, state legislators in their, the states where the snow sports industry is big. Think Utah, Colorado, etc. And so, you know, uh, Gretchen Blyler is one of the most famous ones. She won a silver in snowboarding back at uh, Turin in 2006, and she's been an incredible advocate. Um, mm -hmm. Then, uh, you know, also where sports, uh, where the environment is impactful to a sport could be surfing. So there are some of the top surfers in the world, Kelly Slater, Zane Schweitzer, who are doing a lot. And in fact, now that surfing is going to be an Olympic sport starting in 2020, I expect that profile. That's, to that's fantastic. I didn't know that. Free. I didn't know that. There's a wonderful group on, on Twitter. I just want to plug them quickly while you brought up surfing. It's called the Wet Tribe. Check them out. They have everything to do with water, culture, rivers, lakes, surfing, seas, oceans. It's a fantastic group. Now check them out. Um, you mentioned the Green Sports Alliance, Lou. I, really, I would really like to, you know, talk, to get your uh, uh, insights on them. Uh, but I want to preface it by saying uh, – 
you know, I was looking around to see what sports teams were actually doing, and I found that the first sustainability report was done by the NHL uh, amongst leagues. I'm not sure about teams. Maybe you can share some insights on that if some teams have sustainability reports. Was that, that was in 2014, and they, I think they updated it as uh, we talked earlier in 2000. Sorry, it was in 2014 was their first, and then they updated it in 2018. Yep, um, that's exactly right. And, well, uh, I think that you gave me that information. <laughs> oh, gosh, then I know what I'm talking about. Yeah, all right. Um, and and you, you talked a little bit about that. We talked a little bit about that last time we spoke. And, and I, I'm just wondering, how effective is Green Sports Alliance? What are they doing? And what are some of the teams and, and leagues doing around the area of Green Sports? Um, so there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, so I'll start with the, the Green Sports Alliance or the GSA. Uh, they started, as I mentioned, in 2011 amongst the pro teams in Portland, Seattle, and Vancouver and uh, to, you know, share and advance best practices about how to make the, green, the games greener and make uh, uh, where we work, live, and play greener. And now, you know, seven, eight years on, there's 400-plus members um, all across the country, in Canada and in other countries, uh, teams, stadiums, um, leagues. All, all the major pro leagues are now members of the GSA. And also, importantly, uh, college sports, which is a huge deal in the United States um, for your listeners who are not here. Um, uh, the Pacific 12 Conference, or Pac-12, is a member, plus all 12 uh, schools in the Pac-12. Um, and what they do is they work, uh, they, they really work with those teams uh, and members to share and advance best practices as to how to green, uh, you know, how to green the games, lead certified stadiums, zero waste games, which is something that's a big uh, thing that's that's happening more and more. Zero waste means you you can claim zero waste if you divert 90% or more of waste from landfill, and you'd be amazed. Uh, Ohio State University um, in Columbus, which you know is not Boulder, is not Seattle, is not some uber green place. <laughs> they they are they have been zero waste at all or most of their home games home football games, which draw 106,000 people. Oh, that's, that's good. 2014, 2015. Mm. Um, and so the GSA is involved in that. Um, and then you had asked about what teams are doing. Where it all started, really, or one of the starting points was uh, the Philadelphia Eagles and Lincoln Financial Field, um, which is where the Green Sports Alliance Summit will be in June. Uh, they, this is going back in 2004. Um, Christina Weiss-Lurie, who is the, one of the owners of the team, um, really is an avid environmentalist. And she created and started this Go Green initiative uh, at the Eagles and at Lincoln Financial Field, which was a new stadium at that time. You know, so now look, 14, 15 years later, they have 11,000 solar panels on the east wall of the stadium that if you drive by on I-95, you can't miss it. They have solar panels atop uh, carports uh, where the uh, buses come in bringing fans in. They have, um, they have wind, uh, wind turbines above 
uh, on the stadium roof, easily visible. They have signage in the stadium, very cheeky and clever copy that talks about energy efficiency, what the Eagles are doing, what fans can be doing. Um, they are lead certified. The stadium is lead uh, gold certified, and they also got certified as ISO 2012 one uh, as putting on sustainable events. And I could go on and on and on. So the Eagles are a, a prime example in the U.S. But perhaps, the, no doubt, the greenest team in sports um, has to be a, a, a fourth division soccer team in England, which is you know low minor leagues called Forest Green Rovers, and the fact that green's in the name is just a coincidence, but they're owned by a solar and wind developer. <laughs> and he has, you know, to use the, this is spinal tap uh, analogy, he's pushed it to 11. You know, he, he's got solar on the roof, electric vehicles for the players, and these players make next to no money, so the cars are probably more than what they get paid in salary. Um, the, the field is organic and it's mowed by a solar powered Mobot <laughs> and all the concession stands and the training table only serve vegan food. And that was had brought quite, quite an uproar from the fans. Um, but as time went on, they found that they liked it. The players found that they were in better, you know, felt better and the greenness of the team. And to be fair, he started investing money and was pl paying players uh, better than they had been paid before, got better players to come to the club. And in 2017, they got promoted from the fifth to the fourth tier because they have a system of promotion and relegation sure. over there. Sure. And this year they are, they are in place to possibly be promoted to the third tier two levels below Arsenal and Tottenham and everybody else. That's, that's fantastic. And, you know, uh, again, not to get political, but if you look at the, the outlines of the, of the new Green Deal that's being circulated in, in political circles these days, uh, you'll see that there's an interrelationship between being green and equality. So it doesn't surprise me that this team, uh, the Greens, uh, are We're attracting better players. players. Yeah, I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. Listen, um, I wanted to ask one last question to you. Uh, well, I have tons of other questions, but maybe we'll do this again sometime. Uh, sure. Your prediction for the uh, Super Bowl. Um, Understanding that we, I don't think it's been sorted out who's going yet, right? We're taping yeah, it early. So, so what do you think the odds are here? Well, um, you know, as this is taped before the championship, conference championship games, I'm rooting for Kansas City and New Orleans, and I kind of think that that's the way it's going to go, but I would not be surprised if the Patriots, you just cannot count that, count Belichick and Brady out. You just never can, can you? And, and I'm also not discounting the Rams either. I think they should be two really good games. Well, well, I'm sure they will. Lou, really, I want to thank you so much for coming out and talking with us today. I've been talking with Lou Blaustein of Green Sports Blog about advances in sustainability through sports and about the potential transcending force of fans coming together to make a greener, more accepting world. I'm Mark D'Souza Shields, host of The Sustainable Century. Thanks for listening. I hope you liked it. If you did, I encourage you to check out The Sustainable Century blog 
at thesustainablecentury.net. Remember to click like in all the right places. Better yet, pass the blog or pass the pod along. And remember, it's up to you. It's up to us to make this a happier and healthier world.